everybody to episode 43 of the baby mamas we have a special Hi. guest <laughs> don't we we're gonna try and record it with sterling being awake and present yeah. which might be intrusive but we'll see how it goes it may go horribly wrong but mm-hmm. you know as as with kids it will be interesting <laughs> sterling shh rude shh. <laughs> So Sterling's in a little chair, kind of like a bumbo, but we don't have one of those. We have a support me chair. Yeah. Um, sitting on our table where we are recording. We need to talk about how we're continuing our life on the run <laughs> and continuing on with stealing shit. No. Do we? Yes, we do. Jackie stole something else, you guys. I don't even remember what it was. That's sad. What did I steal? Well, we've been participating in these studies for the local university, oh. <laughs> and what they do right. is they contact you, and they say, hey, we have a study for six months old regarding how they perceive gender or how they hear language, and you take your kid in, and they do something super simple. Anyway, so we went to one of these, and Sterling was playing with a little rattle, a little owl Okay, this was like music shaker. Not totally intentional, I should say. It wasn't... I didn't do anything to correct it, but I didn't realize... So when we took her into this, like, the room that she was being tested in, it was like a soundproof room, and I didn't realize, like, oh, she still has a rattle in her hand, so... And she just, like, took it out of her hand and gave it to me, and, like, inadvertently I just put it in my pocket, because I was... We had to be really quiet, and I was like, oh, if I have this rattle in my hand, I'm going to keep making noise. So they do the... They do the study, and then we're leaving, and then as we're, like, leaving the building, I'm like, oh, (laughs) That rattle's still in my pocket. And then I was like, mm, I had, there was like a moment where I could have turned back to go and give it back. And then I was like, but you chose not to because like, you've gotten nah. a taste <laughs> of what it feels like you think to that's be a thief. It and it's giving you some sort of high. You're chasing the high. Well, it was a really cute rattle and Sterling really liked it. So I was like, whatever. They get tons of money. <laughs> and I'm sure people donate toys and stuff. We've participated. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I mean, we did participate in two studies, so... That earns a rattle. Well, I mean, they give you a stupid t-shirt, but... It was not a stupid t-shirt. It's really cute. It could be cuter. Anyways, I don't feel guilty, because it's from one of the, like, most fucking ivory tower universities you've ever heard of, so I don't really feel bad. I'm like, whatever. They Mm -hmm. have all the privileges. They can buy another rattle. Although there was a matching rattle that would be really nice to have. <laughs> well, we have to sign up for another study. So we'll go back and take that one, too. No. no. I'm only stealing for her. <laughs> we did it all for you. I'm not doing anything for personal gain. Yeah, I know. I just don't feel bad about it. That's the weird part. Like, normally, something like that would happen. I'd be like, oh, no, I have to, like, figure out when to go back there, which is, like, totally out of the way to go give it back. So what you're saying is that since you've had a child, your moral compass is changed a bit i don't know what it is i just was like meh whatever fuck them that was my attitude instead wow. of like oh shit i ooh, you know <laughs> something that we haven't touched on that i'm sure listeners have been like angie why haven't you talked about your mom more <laughs> but we haven't really talked about her with sterling did we talk about her first meeting sterling <laughs> and how weird it was i don't think so no, I think mostly we just talked about how overwhelming our our initial visits were. Yeah, she's been, my mom has been like on again and off again with Sterling, kind of. Would you describe it like that? Yeah, like hot and cold. Like you don't really, I mean, but that's like her all the time. So it's not really that surprising. So people with borderline are generally like extremes, right? They're, it's They experience a lot of extremes and polar opposites. 
So it's not surprising that like one day she'll be like so into the baby and wants to know what's going on and is really excited. And then the next like week she's like, I don't give a fuck. Who are you? Who cares about you? What about me? Yeah. Yeah, totally. After I gave birth to Sterling, I called her two days later. I think you called her the next day, but she came over the day after that. Oh, and something that I forgot to tell you is that I did actually talk to my mom when I was in labor (laughs) in between contractions to tell her that, oh, you know, I'm not feeling well because I actually planned to see her the next day, I think. And I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling great. I think I'm just going to stay home and blah, blah, blah. Everything's fine. And she was like, oh, okay. I talked to her. She she was totally expecting to be present during the birth, which is the last thing anybody would have wanted. And even though I told her a hundred times, you're not going to be. If we had Sterling in a hospital and my mom knew I was in labor, she would have shown up. We'd discuss that. Yeah, even against her. Yeah. Yeah. But but you weren't expecting, I mean, nobody was really expecting you to be early. Everyone expected you to go late. Yeah. And you didn't. So you were making plans like right up to the end. Yeah. I Was that when I was asleep or was that that, uh, that one yeah, hour it was. and 15 minutes? It was because she called me and I was like, I'm in between a contraction. I may as well just talk to her. Otherwise, who knows? Like you had a concern that if I didn't talk to her all day, she would just show up here thinking, oh, there's something wrong with Angie or... Well, it was a lot of like gaming out like, okay, if she doesn't hear from you for two days straight, she'll think something's happening and she'll either just show up at the hospital or she'll come here, and we won't be able to get rid of her. And, like, our Kendall, our doula, was like, don't you worry. I will <laughs> I'll block the door if I have to. Like, she was so on it. Yeah, so we, like, you had to talk to her pretty much daily, no matter mm-hmm. what was going on. I had that conversation with her around 11, and I'd been in labor since 6 a.m. And she didn't suspect anything, you don't think? No, because, but then when I talked to her later, like a few days later when we were talking about the birth, and I was like, yeah, the contractors started at 6 a.m., blah, 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 and I totally forgot. And she was like, wait, but then I talked to her at 11, and I was like, yeah, I think, and I, I can't remember how I covered that up. I think I was like, yeah, I didn't really know what they were, and I just made it seem as if I wasn't aware that I was having the contractions. <laughs> That's funny. And she kind of started to put the pieces together, and then I think like got distracted by something. Anyway, so she came, and she was kind of fucked up. I told her to just, like, get in a cab and come over here and not worry about the cost. And she showed up, and she didn't... You know when you walk into a room, whether or not you're the grandparent of a child, but if you're meeting a baby for the first time, generally you walk in the room and you look at them and you go, oh, they're perfect, or they're beautiful, oh my gosh. Or something. She walked in. She, like, glanced at the baby. No, 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 no. You know what she did? She looked down her nose at the baby. Like, fucking actually. Yes. She totally, like, kind of, like, leaned over and, like, looked down and was like, hmm. And then just turned and started talking to the midwife about her birth with my oldest brother. Mm -hmm. Was totally trying to, like, make it about her. And it was so funny because my friend Sarah kind of interrupted them because she knew that my mom would not stop talking. And Oh, God. You could tell that our midwife was kind of like, uh, I'm just trying to leave... She was like, Steph, I'll walk you out. And just, like, immediately, like, interrupted them and just like, yeah. kind of ushered. Thank God for Sarah. Yeah. Oh, my God, your mom. Jesus. When she gets going, it's just, like, impossible to yeah. stop. Even if you've heard the story, like, a thousand times, she will not stop until she's told you the whole thing again. And you're like, I know. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And then you start saying what she's saying, and she still goes. Yeah. And just, yeah. So she doesn't really say that the baby's beautiful. She doesn't really remark on her at all. Uh, and then she, she asks, she's like, in this tone of like almost like being argumentative, well, can I hold her? I remember that so clearly, yeah. just this, this yeah. weird way of asking. I was she was like, saying it with like disdain and was like, do you want to? Like, what's your fucking <laughs> Are problem? You mad about it? Yeah. And I expected that she was asking that because she thought we were going to be like, no. Because she was already coming in like... Expecting to not get what she wanted or expecting opposition or something. Yeah, I don't know. She had her fight face on. Yes. To quote Gilmore Girls. She totally had her fight face on. And it's like, who's going to fight with you? Yeah. I don't know what she expected. She she probably had a whole like self-talk about how like... Because she loves to... When she's in her like really having her bad days, she loves to blame everything on me. So, like, recently she came for a visit, and the baby was tired, and I was like, oh, it's nap time. And she's like, was mad at me for putting the baby to sleep while she was there, as if, like, I was doing it because I didn't want her to see her or something. 
Which is so ridiculous. We like, invited we're not her keep over. Our six month old up just because you're here. Yeah, and if anyone fucking says that to me again, I swear I'm gonna snap. Oh, she can sleep later. I'm here. Fuck you. She can't. That's not how babies work. They can't just sleep later. They get fucking overtired and then they're mental and they can't go to sleep and you're losing your mind because they're miserable. But they've gotten into like wired land, which happens to all humans when they're tired. It's just that babies need more sleep. Anyways. That is like one of my biggest pet peeves and it's largely your family that will say it. I believe that before she came over to see Sterling for the first time, she had a whole conversation with us or you or I don't know about me, whatever in her head about how I wasn't going to let her hold the baby. And some of it is because your brother rightly so made a huge deal when his daughter was born about her holding the baby after smoking, Yeah, which we were super. Seriously, cat, I'm going to fucking murder you. Yeah, my brother made a big deal about her smoking and would make her, like, change her clothes and brush her teeth and wash her hands after she had a cigarette if she wanted to hold Serenity. And my mom got super, super offended by this, which I don't get. Yeah. Like, why be offended by that? Not just be well, like, because okay. Because your mom thinks you can smoke around kids and sh- that it's fine. But even so, why be offended? Like, he's not saying... Because, because she takes it as, you're saying I'm dirty and I'm going to cause harm to my grandkid. In reality, every doctor will tell you no secondhand smoke around the baby. It can transfer from their clothes well, or hands. Also, it's just gross to like hold a baby that smells like cigarettes. Like, yeah. Ew. You don't want your kids smelling like yeah. cigarettes at the very least. Yeah. Anyway, your mom offends easily. That's not surprising. Yeah. At all. So I think you're right. She, she had was having this, that that dialogue totally. in her head and blaming me for all of the negative whatever. When she came in, it was like that had already happened, and that's the thing with her is like. She has these conversations, and then she'll just call you in the middle of it and be like, well, I don't understand why you're saying this. And you're like, uh, I didn't. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Yeah. So that was, it was kind of sucky, honestly, because you were looking for, you were like, I think you were really looking forward to it. And I remember thinking, like, this could be a really nice moment for Angie and her mom, because this is something that would actually bring a lot of positive, like, positivity into your mom's life and a lot of joy. She loves babies so much. And... It's been really hard for her to have a grandchild that she's not close to because they don't live here. Yeah. I kind of had hoped, and I think maybe you did too, that it would it would bring her closer and like give her more reason to be less. So, yeah, we, we both thought that Sterling's birth would kind of bolster your mom and make her feel happier and give her more of a reason to be healthy and keep her shit together, but it didn't. And I don't know if it was... Because I just called her after the birth and was like, hey, I'm a new mom. And she was like, what, what, what? Like she couldn't, she was so shocked that I didn't call her and tell her I was in labor. And I don't know if that played into it. If she was then. She felt left out. She felt left out and Probably. then got into this negative spiral. Even though like why, you told her so many times. Yeah. That she was not going to be there, that you weren't going to ask her to be there. But I wasn't going to call everyone when I'm in labor. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think she still really expected it, which is her mistake but yeah because since then when we've when she's sort of gotten into these like weird head spaces she said you've you hurt me so much with sterling's birth i'm like what the fuck are you talking about oh my god she would have been the worst person to have around she would have been awful absolutely oh god anyway so yeah looking down at sterling sort of like hmm wasn't really like into her kind of held her for a bit was like oh and then she's i think she did say well she's beautiful but said it with that tone like well She's beautiful. It was kind of like, at least she's attractive. You know what I mean? That no, was... not even. It was like, this is what I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. At least she's beautiful, baby, beautiful, baby. Yeah. And then she came again a few days later with my brother. And this was like also a really fucking weird meeting. It was my brother's first time meeting her. But you hadn't been talking. You guys had had a falling out before our wedding. He wasn't invited to our wedding. He's just, he's, he's the worst brother. <laughs> Yeah, he's terrible. I only really have a relationship with him when it has to do with my mom. Like, I will talk to him about stuff that has to do with our mom, but outside of that, I don't really try to because he's, like, just a very abusive, horrible person. He's exactly like your mom. Yeah. So they came, and they they seemed kind of fucked. They both seemed like me, because they often use prescription meds or whatever together so and yeah. drink. they definitely drink together but both of them should not use any substances and they both do and they do more so when they're together and when they're together it becomes they both like bring out the worst in each other yes so they came they seemed kind of out of it again nothing that was really no sort of 
She seemed disconnected. Yeah, disconnected. She wasn't yeah. like, oh my gosh, she's a beautiful one. I mean, like when my parents, like for, for comparison, when my mom came, she was like holding the baby and talking to her and telling her how life was going to be and that she wasn't the center of the universe, which I thought was <laughs> funny because I was like, she kind of is right now. It's okay. But she was just like connecting with her, you know? She was bonding. She was holding her and loving her and like was so excited and kept asking you how you were and wanted to hear the birth story. And your mom, like, just sort of sat there and was like, mm, hmm, hmm, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. Shortly after my brother and my mom left from this, like, completely pointless whatever-the-fuck meeting, mm-hmm. which I talked to my mom, like, a week later or something. She did not remember that meeting. Mm-mm. She That's how, like, fucked up she was. She didn't remember the first two times she met her. Yeah, she's like, I haven't even met her. And I was like, what are you talking about? You have been here twice. And that was also our fault that she didn't remember it. Oh, fuck. Probably my fault. I'd, like, gone in and erased her memory. Yeah, well, she still does that. She'll be like, I've only seen Sterling a handful of times since she was born. I'm like, oh, my God, I saw you yesterday. Anyways, I had letrozole left over from when I got pregnant. I had filled the prescription for the following month thinking, like, Murphy's Law, if I fill this, I'm totally going to get pregnant because I'm not going to need it. Hoping. Yeah, hoping that I was pregnant. And that you wouldn't need it. Yeah. So then I thought it was funny that that did end up working out. And also, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll keep these just for Jackie or... Because they're expensive medications. So I was like, I don't really know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. I'll just keep them. And they came in a blister pack like a pop-out blister pack in a prescription pill bottle. And somewhat recently, like a couple months ago, Jackie and I were in the bathroom and I was like, oh yeah, these letrozole, I don't really know what to do with them. And then I noticed that the blister pack had been popped open and I was like, what? So I pulled them out and they're all gone. Every single one, every single pill is gone. And I was like, I know for a fact that I didn't use any of these and there's no reason that you should have used them or anyone who came (laughs) into the house. No, no. I've been, I want to solve this mystery because I don't know who it was. We had some film crews in our apartment. Maybe if someone knew what they were, might have stolen them. If they, if, if on the very off chance someone was trying to get pregnant and they were using letrozole and they happened to look in our cupboard and saw it and decided to take them all because they're expensive. Because the rationale behind that, I was like, but if somebody was going through our cupboards to see if there was anything worth stealing, it happens. Um, we had Ativan in the, in, in a different cupboard that nobody touched. And it was like in the like quote unquote medicine cabinet. Yeah. So I was like, if somebody was just like searching for something, I feel like if they were drug seeking, they would have just taken that. Because usually if you're taking drugs, like you know what is going to do something. What you're looking for. But letrozole like doesn't sound like a, like anything fun. You kind of would have to know what you're taking, or you're just a fucking idiot, like possibly your brother, who is like really arrogant and like ignorant, and he thinks he knows everything, so he probably, oh yeah, let's all this shit's good, I'm gonna take this. Yeah. Even though it's a fucking hormone, like. It's definitely possible that my brother took it. Took a bunch of hormones. Took, a, took my hormone medication, my forcing me to ovulate medication, and had quite a fun time by himself. Oh yeah, I'm sure he got super high <laughs> off that. What a tool. He probably was overwhelmed and was like, oh, I'm having feelings. How do I deal with this? And then just took a bunch of other pills. Yeah. Anyway, if it was him, but. It's so mysterious. But you said, you were saying something about, you talked to your mom about that visit recently. Oh, you were just saying she didn't remember it. Yeah. So you never asked her about like, hey, did you happen to take some random pills? Because the other thing I thought was like, your mom likes prescription meds and she doesn't know what everything is. But again, I feel like she would have taken the Ativan. I can't see my mom being that that uh, tricky, you know, being like, ooh, I'm going to check in here. Oh, yeah. If she was going to take them, she'd just take a whole bottle. Yeah. I think, yeah. She probably wouldn't have, like, taken them out of the... Thing and popped them all out. Have you ever yeah. seen her, like, she has oh. blister packs? Yeah, yeah. It's... She just, like, it looks like she's at them with her teeth. Yeah. So she, I don't think she would have been, oh, pop out each one of these yeah, so yeah, perfectly yeah. and then, like, hide them on me and then, like, escape. Yeah. It would have been my brother. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. But that is even something that happened. Anyway, so yeah, she's been, she'll suddenly be so interested in her and be like, oh, I need to see my grandchild. Oh, Sterling Blow, I need to come today and I need to come the next day. And then she'll have these long periods of time, like a month and a half where she'll just be like so fucked up that she can't come. Yeah. Or we'll make plans and she'll cancel and then we'll make plans again and she'll cancel. And then she'll get mad at you that she hasn't seen the baby. And then you're like, wait, what the fuck, lady? Like, you have to show up. If you're not showing up, 
then you're not seeing the kid. It's not our fault. Well, in the last time, like the that visit that I referenced where she got upset that I was like putting her putting my baby down for a nap. She's like, she's not tired. I'm like, don't. For one, I know when my baby is tired, and Sterling will get this like. She gets this, like, burst of energy when she's tired, where she's just, like, super fun, and everyone thinks that she's fine, but we're like, she's rubbing her eyes, she's yawning, she's She's getting into crazy town. Yeah, like, you're in that, like, point of no return space when she starts getting excited. But people are like, oh, she's fine, you're just being, like, silly. I'm like, no, I'm being her fucking mom. Um, But then, so she left while I was putting the baby down. And, and then called me the next day and was like, am I supposed to come over and visit you? And I was No, like, she called and she was like, well, I've been, I got myself all ready and I've been calling you and you're not answering because we were at the doctor with Sterling for her six month checkup, I think. And she was like, I was supposed to come over today, like blah, blah, blah. blah. And you were like, uh, no, uh, you came over yesterday. And she's like, what? And you're like, what did we do yesterday? And she couldn't fucking tell you. No, she couldn't remember at all. And then, she, and then she says... Oh, right. I came and Jackie put the baby down as soon as I got there, which is... And then I left. Complete bullshit. She was there for several hours. She fed the baby banana. She tried to give her a piece of cake, and I was like, no, she can't have that. And she's like, why? It's soft. I was like, that's not what it's about. There's potential allergens in it, like chocolate and nuts and eggs. And she's like, she's not going to have any allergies. I was like, well, I'm glad you're so confident. I'm glad you're so psychic. Can yeah, you tell how me did the you know that? numbers, bitch? But I was like, that's not the point. She's not... She can't eat that yet. She literally had, like, four foods by this point. Um, And she's trying to give her fucking banana bread cake or whatever. So I had to, like, intervene because Ange, of course she did it when you stepped out of the room. Mm -hmm. Sneaky bitch. And I knew she was going to do it, too. I was, like, I, like, had a hawk eye on her the whole time. And then the baby was, like, very clearly done. So we, like, and she kept being, like, no, let me try. Let me try. She had some idea that, like, she could magically get her to eat more than we could, which didn't work. No, she was like holding down her arms and Sterling's like, ah, like not enjoying herself. My mom's trying to shove the spoon in her mouth. I'm like, this isn't working. Why are you still trying? And I kept saying, she's done. She doesn't want, well, you can't make them eat. And I was like, exactly. Like, stop trying. Cause she, I guess she had thought that we'd given up too early or something. Like we don't know our own kid. And then you were breastfeeding her and she was like, turn her around, turn her around the other way so she can face me. She wants to see me. And we're like, that's not a priority. Like, we don't like her very much, do we, Sterling? <laughs> yeah, let's leave mom. She was supposed to come over yesterday and didn't answer her phone and still isn't answering her phone, so she might be dead. We'll see. We'll update we'll, you. We'll let you know. So we have something exciting. I'm super pumped mm. about this. So we're super excited. We're going to start our first installment of our new segment. So we want to welcome Alex and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Baby Mamas. We're so excited that you are sharing your story with us and that our listeners get to follow along another story because I'm not pregnant yet, so it's going to be a bit of a wait for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're just really... Really stoked on, on... I think you guys are going to like them because they're, they're naturals. Yeah. We listened to the segment and we're like, wow, they sound really good. Like, you guys sounded great and you're really likable and you're, like, don't talk over each other like we do. And, <laughs> like Jackie does. Uh, you do it too. Yeah. And I didn't even have to edit it. I edit us because if I played what we originally record for you guys, there would be a lot of farts, number one. <laughs> Number two, a lot of, um, so, yeah, okay, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ange has baby brain. I do. And the baby makes noises or needs something, so we constantly have to stop. Earlier I was talking about how I wanted to go to Michael's to buy wine. (laughs) And then I was like... She's like, yeah, let's go to Michael's to buy $2 wine. And I was like, uh... And she was like, that thing, that thing that you knit with? And I was like, yarn. She was like, what's wrong with my brain? (laughs) I keep having to reassure her that baby brain's a real thing, and I thought it wasn't. I you thought it don't was have just, early onset dementia. Just people making excuses for themselves. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to play their segment right now, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. Okay, bring. I'll actually put a bring in there. I know that's why I did that. Hi there, I'm Alex. I've just turned 30 and I'm Australian. I'm Erin, I'm American and I'm 35. And Erin and I have been together for about five years. We met, fell in love and got married in Cambodia. Uh, We got married on the coast of Cambodia in a little place called Kep a year and a half ago over Christmas. And we did the legal marriage in Portland, Maine six months ago. 
on the 4th of July weekend, so hoorah, America. So um, my family was able to go. <laughs> I have a large family. Very um, big. So, of course, everyone wasn't able to make it all the way over to Can uh, to Cambodia. Cambodia. Um, so, yeah, we had a... We were able to have two weddings, which was double the fun. And Erin was pushing for a third wedding in Australia. Exactly. Once it's legal, I think we should have a third wedding. But I just feel like our new holidays shouldn't just revolve around getting married every time, yeah. every single time we go somewhere. So anyway, we're working past that. Um, but Erin and I live in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and we've both been here. I've been here a year, and Erin's been here over two years. And we are both international aid workers. I'm a child protection specialist, and Erin is a program manager working in um, disaster. And we plan on staying here maybe another six or seven months, mm -hmm. depending on our progress with the babies. Yep. But we're, one of the reasons that we're hoping to leave soon is, um, I mean, the culture is fantastic. We've got really great friends. The food's Pretty good most times, but um, it's quite difficult for us at stages as foreigners, as being women. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of security issues lately um, with foreigners being targeted, and you combine that with being a woman and having very little freedom, and then being gay on top of that, it makes it even more difficult. There really isn't a gay community here at all. It's, it's illegal to be gay here. Um, and there's so, been some attacks towards mm -hmm. gay people, not that, that we've known them, mm -hmm. um, but it's sort of, you know, you heard one, you heard all. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So we're hoping to move on soon, but like Alex said, we are waiting for, to figure out how. Our next steps for the babies. Steps. Yeah. So, Erin, we want to have babies. Yeah. And we're starting the process. And we've been doing research for quite a while, but I wanted to have babies from about two years ago. Erin and I were visiting friends in Burma, and one of our really close friends had just had a little one, and he was about seven months, little Charlie, when we were there. We had a really great time playing with him, and he was gorgeous, and such a cutie pie, so I've basically been on Erin's butt since then, trying to convince her to have some babies. Yeah, I don't know if I am not... I am definitely eager, but maybe not as eager as Alex, maybe because I'm the one that's going to be carrying the baby and <laughs> going through the labor, similar <laughs> to what we heard Angie go through. Yeah. So Thanks I'm, for that. Thanks. That was <laughs> scary. Yeah, really scary. Um, so I'm definitely excited now that we're getting closer, but it's definitely it's scary. Scary. And there wasn't much in a choice in it anyway. I just told Aaron it was in the fine, fine print of our marriage that I was not going to do it and I've always sort of been like that I never really wanted to carry but I've always loved children um, I always like adopt all the street animals and cats and dogs and whatever so yeah I don't think that for me personally carrying um, adds any more of the experience and I think it I mean and I grew up with a really close family and I think it may have been more difficult for me to it could have, I don't even know. Maybe it would, it would have been more difficult for me to um, bond with a child if I wasn't caring, where Alex has a very open sense of family and, you know, it doesn't have to be blood to be family, where I, didn't, I just grew up a little bit different. So it may have been more difficult for me and super easy for Alex. She loves everything and everyone that walks <laughs> around and instantly bonds with everything. So I think it's a really natural decision that we made. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm a great cook. I used to be a chef. I give great foot massages. So <laughs> I think it's easy for you, Erin. I don't really know what you're complaining about. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> janus. <laughs> janus is what I'm complaining about. So, um, so yeah, so having babies internationally, this has been really challenging. We've, we're so, we were so grateful just to find the podcast from Angie and Jackie just to hear somebody else's experience. We don't have any friends who have gone through this really so it was fantastic just to hear well, how, hear all the steps they went through yeah the step-by-step -step process mm -hmm. and we decided uh, to also use a donor from a donor bank and I we took months trying to figure out the donor and we played the game daddy tinder Baby Daddy Tinder. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was interesting. We really wanted the donor to look similar to Alex, 
um, with hair color, maybe height, mm -hmm. similar personality sort yeah. of, but yeah. I mean, we did look at um, quite a few. So we played the baby daddy Tinder for about six months mm -hmm. and it was really important to us that um, it was an open selection. Mm -hmm. And this is just so that, I, I just always felt that the choice shouldn't be ours, the choice should be with the child. So at some stage in his or her life, should they want to meet um, the donor, then that should be their decision, not for ours to close the door for them. So that limited some of our prospects of where we're going to look. Remember a little while, remember we were looking at that NGO that we really liked? Yeah, they, they were really supportive. Yeah, they looked really, really great. Yeah. Um, but but some, they didn't have many donors. Yeah. And so then we went for, yeah, the lookalikes a little bit and also sort of personality traits and, and things that they're into. So I'm really active. Uh, I do lots of sports, um, always bounce around the room and things like that. So that was really important for me as well because it, obviously the baby won't be genetically mine so if there's <laughs> some other similarities like that it would be really great um also Aaron's family has like the strongest genetic <laughs> I've ever seen like they basically all look the same yeah. all of your cousins yeah. are identical yeah so I'm not really worried about <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah I think your genes are gonna trump oh yeah really fine um so we found the, the bank, mm -hmm. and then the next challenge was to find a clinic. Um, we looked in so many different countries, so many different clinics, and got really excited about quite a few and started making calls and then realized time after time in these different in all these different countries that they needed a they required a marriage certificate between a man and a woman. Lame. Yeah. So we had get our hopes up and we found we you know, found a great clinic, and then we realized we actually couldn't do it. So then, obviously, that started being our first question. Um, we finally found, and that was mainly in the region. In the region, sorry, in, in the Asia. Asia region. Mm -hmm. Because it would be too difficult for us, we decided to have to go back to the States or America yeah. for this because of Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah same place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because we don't have that much time off, and it was really expensive, so we were looking around in Asia. Mm -hmm. um, so we finally found ironically Cambodia is, <laughs> that is allowing um, people to go through IVF without having a, they require a marriage certificate but they haven't specified between men and women so we were really excited and found a clinic that had a German doctor they were very comfortable with and we're really comfortable with the clinic in general mm -hmm. and it's kind of nice returning to Cambodia where we both yeah. Where we fell in love and we lived there for four or five years. We still have really good friends there, so we're excited. So now what are we doing? So, so now, now I, what was it, two, three, four weeks ago, yep. I swung through Cambodia, picked mm -hmm. up the, met the doctors and went to the clinic and then and picked up the shots, which I've been doing for about a week. Yeah, we started last just, week. Yeah, just over a week now. And so today, you had your first ultrasound. Yes, and I have very good follicles Woo. and eggs. So I'm not allowed to call her a chicken with no. all the eggs, but I think I will no. anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, actually, <clears throat> you just had the ultrasound here, mm -hmm. and for like a little moment, we, just, we thought maybe we should try this whole process in Ducker and see what it's like here, and maybe it'll be easier for us. Just because it's so much closer, it's so much less... Planning ahead be and more flights and less expensive work and so many reasons. Obviously, that it's easier to do it closer, but it was a bad experience today. Just with an ultra, like it was a intravenous. Yeah, so just a yeah. ultrasound. Yeah, it was painful. And yeah, just very rough. And I mean, as a foreigner, generally you might be treated a little bit better. So I mean, that's what you mm -hmm. said when I came in the door day. Unfortunately, wasn't allowed to go, but. You know, if that's how you're treated and that's day-to-day -day how they're treating women, like the whole process was... Yeah, it was tough. It sounded really horrible. Yeah, it was tough. So, anyway, we're not going to do it here, and we're going to be doing it in Cambodia. And we're... Remember how we flew it over there? Oh, yeah. That was a bloody complicated process. That's right. So, we've got, like, the clinic. We've in got Cambodia. the donor. <laughs> we don't know how to get it there. Yeah. So, that took a lot of research from both of us, and we 
came up with this company who was fantastic. Do you remember the name? Mm -hmm. IVF Careers. And they were incredible. So very, very quickly, I think they're UK based, but there was a couple of people in Australia, just coincidentally, who uh, were going to take the vials for us from the bank and bring it all the way to Phnom Penh. Uh, for us, it actually landed on my birthday, which was mm -hmm. a very cool surprise. Yeah. Um, and you were saying before that like they could, they did all the testing for us, so we could make sure that the vial stayed under the specific temperature, that it was safe. But importantly for for us, and maybe for anybody who would be in a similar position overseas, you know, customs is a big problem. And Phnom Penh has just got, Cambodia has gone through an issue with surrogacy so it's kind of a hot topic at the moment so what we basically didn't want was our little swimmers sitting <laughs> on the tarmac in Phnom Penh sitting there while custom people try and work out what the hell is going on so they personally flew somebody over to pick it up and personally flew them to Phnom Penh to drop it off to the clinic so that was just um, I think probably the best birthday present I've ever had just to know that was there yeah I got there safe don't have to worry about it. It was yeah. good. Fantastic. So very much, yeah, I recommend them. They're great. Yeah, so now we, so on t Thursday, uh, in two days, I'm flying over to Cambodia and going to get do the trigger shots mm -hmm. and then have two days and then they're going to do egg collection. Which is very exciting. Very exciting. And unfortunately, because of timing and ticket costs, Alex isn't going to be able to join me, but I've got some good friends there that will be able to go with me. And then the first week of May is when we're going to do the trans, the embryo transfer. Mm -hmm. So we are going to take a week holiday and go over to Cambodia and go through that process. We're very excited. We're very excited and nervous, but excited. Yeah. So this is day one of Erin taking the hardcore shots. Mm -hmm. And we may or may not have redone this podcast a couple of times because I got cut off midway. Okay, well, you were just saying, saying I'm stupid. Okay, okay. Uh, don't say stupid things. <laughs> anyway, so if someone's home when injections are kicking in. No, they're not. Just don't say stupid things. Okay, so I uh, am cooking a lovely dinner for us tonight. We okay. are having one little drink. Erin's been off alcohol for three months. Mm-hmm. But we felt like the trigger shot today, or this hormone shot, and this podcast might serve a little drink, which is yeah. great for me. I feel a little bit less stressed. <laughs> I <do. laughs> um, yeah, it's been. T I mean, I'm sure everyone going through IUI and IVF, it's it's a bit, you know, different than, you know, the typical getting drunk and getting knocked up scenario <laughs> because like there's so much planning. Like there's every single thing is planned as well as you know when it's happening so I just feel this responsibility of being really healthy and eating ridiculously healthy things and watching my diet and not drinking and not drinking caffeine and exercising a bit so no you're doing quite a bit yeah so it's just a lot of planning but it's yeah it's good yeah I mean I'm sure it's difficult for everybody's situation it can't be easy for anyone yeah um, but one of the reasons why we um, wanted to put this together because uh, it's super complicated again being overseas. We've had so many challenges of miscommunication, um, during language barriers between our Phnom Penh clinic. We had a whole schedule before about when we were going to do the egg collection and everything. Um, and then literally two weeks before after I've confirmed it five mm -hmm. times with them over yeah. Skype, email, everything. They're like, oh no, jokes basically let's do a whole new program sorry about your work schedules and your holiday plans and your flights that you've booked yeah, and everything we're just gonna push it off for let's just do it another time that's cool right yeah sure you just pop over again um i mean even like a couple of weeks ago Aaron had been working in Laos and i'd been there as well working and i'd come back to Dhaka earlier but our clinic had just noticed that there was a growth on Aaron's uterus and thank goodness you happen to be flying through Bangkok because mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah can you just schedule like a major operation yeah. tomorrow and go and check that out for us thanks we've already had your scans for six months but anyway yeah. so luckily I was able to get across but yeah we've had a lot of um, ups and downs with this and a lot of stress but hopefully a lot of that's behind us now yeah and we just for you you just need to kind of 
take a breath and hopefully it is what it is. We do the egg collection in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And then we have a month to relax and maybe you can have a couple more drinks. <laughs> yeah, and then we start the And our life changes forever. Yeah. Um, so that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. And I hope that this was informative to some of you. Um, if you have any questions, we'd be very happy to answer any of them for you. But thanks very much. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. Aren't they awesome? I am like so intrigued and so interested and I have a bunch of questions. I have so many questions. So I'm just going to ask them here because that makes sense to me. So things that came up for me while I was listening to your story was number one. Why did you choose to do IVF instead of trying IUI first? That's what I was wondering, too. Yeah. I guess maybe because they want to get it done ASAP, and you have a higher chance of getting pregnant with IVF. Yeah, our listeners will know we definitely struggled with that. You wanted to do IVF because you were like, just give me the thing that's going to make me pregnant, like, for sure, even though it's, nothing's for sure. But yeah. So I totally get it if that's why, but I'm just curious as to your thought process on it, uh, if maybe IUI was too complicated because you're going out of country or what the deal was there. Mm -hmm. which actually now that I'm thinking that's probably it. Anyway, I'm not going to explain it for you. You you can tell us your, your thoughts. <laughs> and then it occurred to me that, oh my gosh, shipping of that sperm, like somebody actually flying it to you, like how crazy expensive was that? And did you just have one unit or did you ship like a whole bunch at once? Sterling wants to know too. And how did you ensure that that person didn't mess with your shit? Mm. Like, what if it was some guy, and he decided, I'm just going to add to this, and then he puts his gross junk into your junk. So I have legit questions, and Ange has crazy questions. How have you managed the budgeting aspect? Because all of the things you're talking about sound really expensive, and I'm feeling incredibly lucky to have done things the way we did, because at the time it felt like it was so hard, and it was, but... But we weren't flying around, because as you guys heard, she has to fly to Penham. Penam Pen. Penam Pen to do the IVF stuff, which and we, had like, to, we had to drive 40 minutes out of the And you think about it like it's not just it's not just the appointment when you get inseminated. There's so many other appointments. There's blood work, there's like checkups, there's hormone therapies, there's so many things that you have to do. So I just am like kind of in awe that you guys are even making this happen because like you said, the amount of planning for every step is ridiculous. And it was for us, and we did like a fraction of what you guys are doing. So. I think that if I were them, I would have felt so overwhelmed and I would have been like, we just have to go home. Let's just go home and get pregnant and come back. Get our home. No, I know, but I mean, like... More. I mean, it, <clears throat> and then the other question that I, I don't think you said anything about was, have you told... It sounds like you have supportive families. Do they know that you're going through this whole process? Are they helping you with it? Are they supportive? And then kind of not as related to the getting pregnant stuff, I was wondering what, what your day-to-day -day life is like, given that you're in Bangladesh and it's not legal to be gay there, and you're married, and you obviously live together, I'm assuming. Um, so how do you, like, is there any space where you're able to be out, or are you always just, you know, roommates? Sisters? Who I hope knows? not sisters. No, but I mean, they could... <laughs> Get away with it, I guess. Yeah. And is that something that you are concerned about? Like, are you planning to... These are, like, very intrusive <laughs> questions, obviously. So if you don't want to answer any of them, feel free to just be like, fuck you, I don't, I don't <laughs> want you to know that. But, like, have you considered what that would be like if you were planning to stay there to raise your child? Well, they said it sounded like they are going to be there for a year afterward. Yeah, but you still have... I mean, it's not always super obvious that we're a gay family, but I think there are definitely times when it's pretty clear. So you would for sure have to change the way you're behaving in public yeah. as a family. And I wonder what that is going to look like for you or if you've considered it. I can't, I can't even, like, I empathize with the, what you guys are going through so much, but I can't even imagine what it's like. You guys are very brave and incredibly organized because just the thought of having to sort out where to go, what to do, and the setbacks that you guys had of, you know, finding a place or a clinic that you think might work, and then they're saying, no, you can't because you need a marriage certificate, all that kind of stuff, makes me feel physically tense. Like, I can feel it in my shoulders, how, how stressful that makes me feel. Ooh, ooh, and I also was wondering, why did it take six months to find a donor? Was that because your criteria was really strict, or was it because it was hard to find somewhere that would ship to you, or... Yeah. Like, what was the... Because, I mean... We, we took, took like night. a... 
<laughs> we took like Which a makes night. me feel like, yeah. oh, maybe we should have thought it out more. But I was so concerned with it taking so long and it getting overwhelming and then feeling like we were going to start being super picky. Yeah, you kept reining us in being like, okay, just because we have all this control doesn't mean we should use it. And like kept reminding me like all of our straight friends just like happen to be with the person they're with and are having a baby with that person, not because they know their health history. Yeah, so I was really much, and I we were also doing the free 24 hours, so I was like, we got 24 hours, come mm-hmm. on, let's go. That guy, sure, he likes baseball, okay. It was a little more involved than that, and you can go back and listen to the podcast about that. Yes. But six months seems really long for us, and maybe that's what lots of people take, I have no idea. So if you want to speak to that, that would be lovely. And but I hope I, you guys are doing well. Yeah. They mentioned that Aaron started the the shots. Yeah. Oh, you definitely gotta gotta be gentle around the extra hormoned woman because wow, it's. I, I think people a lot of people underestimate the power of hormones, and I know we've talked about this, but wow, like they really just take control your entire your life. Whole, yeah, they just take you over and change your personality and your coping mechanisms, and you're like. Your dynamic as a couple definitely changes during that period. So, and it, and it's good practice because wait until she's really, really pregnant. Holy fuck! What are you trying to say? Or after the baby's born, when you're like losing your mind and you keep being like, "What's wrong with me?" and you have to keep telling your wife like, "It's just the hormones." Okay, love. so what was crazier, me pregnant or me postpartum? Ooh, that's a toughie. <laughs> um. I think postpartum was challenging because there were so many challenges already mm-hmm. that you on top of it being like, like you, you were so, so affected by your horm- hormones when your milk came in. You were just a mess. Yeah, that was insane. And then it was exactly like that again when your milk was like, when your supply was increasing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think it was harder afterwards. I would before say post- there's no baby, you're just like a pregnant you know, mess. But. I would say postpartum was yeah. better. Uh, better? I mean... Harder. I would say postpartum was harder. Yes. Okay. <laughs> harder. Yeah. So they, uh, Aaron and Alex said that if you guys want to message with any questions, you guys can email us and we'll forward them on thebabymamaspodcast at gmail.com or send them to us on Facebook, like our Facebook group, The Baby Mamas Podcast, and hopefully we'll get some really good information and exciting tales from Bangladesh. From Dhaka? I think that's where they said they're from. They're living? The city? I got confused. I thought Dhaka was in... Where are they? Where? Cambodia. They're in Cambodia. No, they're getting their fertility treatments in Cambodia. They live in Bangladesh. I thought they're getting their fertility treatments in Thailand. No, in Cambodia. Well, Phnom Penh. Isn't that Thailand? Bangkok is Thailand. There's more than one city in Thailand, Jackie. I don't know. We should, uh... <laughs> Maybe we should get our facts straight. <laughs> okay. We will. Anyways. Lots of birds. Anyways. <laughs> also, you guys should have more weddings because weddings are awesome, especially same-sex weddings. There should be more of them. So, yeah. Go have another wedding in Australia. <laughs> no, don't have... <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I love that you're just like, ah, everywhere we go, we're going to have a wedding. I think it would be really cool. I want someone to do this out there in the world. If you're not married and you're planning on getting married and you're into traveling, this would be such a cool blog or podcast or TV show or something. Go to every single country that same-sex marriage is legal and get married there. And do it in the like culture of the country. How fucking cool would that be? That'd be you need a TV show because you need some serious funding behind that. It'd be pretty hard to, like, just, what, go fund me for that? Actually, yeah. Kickstarter, go fund me. Somebody out there, just do it. We are, we're not organized enough. You so. guys are, like, halfway there. Yeah, you guys should do it, because you're very organized. You could probably get a lot of money. Also, you have really fucking cool jobs. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, typical of us lesbians to be in the, like, in the business of service and care, and especially, like youth care and stuff like that so who runs the world lesbians, lesbians. <laughs> no we don't run it we just uh, make sure everyone's okay we just pick up the pieces after patriarchy fucks it up yeah pretty much right mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure it's probably way more pronounced and obvious where you guys are and i also was wondering do you work together or are they completely separate organizations or are they like separate areas that you work in and what got you into it 
I just want to know everything about you. So <laughs> if you could just like tell us everything. No, I, I know. I figured it was probably like what you gave us was a really good overview. But um, let's go deeper. Let's let's find out more about what really makes you tick. No, I'm just really curious that like I've I've always lived in the same place pretty much. So I find it fascinating when people go abroad and do something so kind of out of their where they were raised. So mm-hmm. what brought you both out there and what's kept you out there? Because it does sound really hard. I'm sure the the work is satisfying, but it sounds like it would be really challenging just day to day to be gay and living somewhere that it's not even legal, let alone like being allowed to get married or having your family or any of the other things that come along with it, having friends that are gay. Like, yeah, I'm sure you have lots of friends, but I don't know if they have any friends. Angie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully we'll hear lots more from Aaron and Alex. And I think that's it for us this week. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah, I did want to talk about this. So people keep saying, ugh, your baby's going to say dada first. It's they just going to happen. They also keep saying, she's fucking gorgeous. I think she's the most gorgeous baby I've ever seen in my entire life. That's just what Angie hears when people talk about Sterling. She is quite adorable. She's the cutest thing I've ever seen. People keep saying, she's going to say dada first. This kid doesn't hear that word. And I just said it twice, and I'm worried now she's going to say it. But I was saying, we're going to teach her the alphabet. It's going to go A, B, C, E, F, G, H, I, J. Okay, you can stop now. Even our, our GP said that, and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't think so. All she says right now is mom, 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 mom. So we keep going, mama, mom, mama, mom, and like pointing to herself so she knows the difference. Andrew was saying, like, you know... For straight couples, it's usually the mom that's at home with the baby, and they talk about, where's Dada? Is Dada coming home? When's Dada going to be here? All the time. So they probably hear that word way more than everything else, but Sterling doesn't hear that because there's no... Actually, I was talking to my physiotherapist, and she was like, well, unless like Ange calls you Dada, how would that happen? I was like, exactly. I'm not a dad. So I don't know. I think the kid... I think... I mean, she says mama and mom, obviously, but... I don't know if there's intentions. We were talking about that today, too. Like, their first word can sound like a word without them actually meaning to use it intentionally. So she hasn't definitely hasn't used her first word yet. But I think it's going to be mama. Yeah, she's mama, 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 mama a lot. And then the debate is, like, oh, will that mean, that will obviously mean Angie. Cause It'll obviously be me. I think it probably will be you, which is fine. It doesn't hurt my heart. All right. <coughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you again soon. Bye. Bye. You want to say anything? <laughs> That's a good way to end. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day. Mama.